He never tells you when he hits the button. God damn it. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Quick, someone slay a slur. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's get this demonetized. No shred of professionalism whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> it's over. It's done. Off to, Hello. Uh, welcome to Shrimp Hours. Number... 48? 48? Or is it 49? Come on. Oh shit, I actually don't know. DT, you should be on top of this. 48 for Jimmy Johnson. Shout out. He's washed. Yeah. Hi, I'm here. I'm drive through. Rusty's here. Slap's here. Cody's here. And we have a special guest. Gabe Wood, who are you? What do you do? I'm Gabe Wood. Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm a tire guy at Alpha Prime on the 45 car, Jeffrey Earnhardt, uh, formerly of tire guy of Ryan Vargas at JD Motorsports, and currently Twitter shit poster. Uh, <laughs> it's the reason I got into Davin's iRacing League, and it's the reason I know him now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Welcome to the show. That's, uh, it's just how you get on the show, like you know Davin, and then he's just like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? You want to get canceled oh. immediately? <laughs> Yeah, I, I basically told Gabe, I was like, yeah, Yo, you want to be on my stupid podcast? And he's like, sure. Cool. I'm guy from the Outlap podcast. Yeah, it's not the Outlap. Um, also, uh, races in core, Gabe Wood. Rex sometimes. A lot. Uh, okay, let's open up and talk about NASCAR real quick, because I didn't watch any of it. Uh, but apparently it was in Sonoma, and apparently the cup race sucked. Thoughts? Comments? Opinions? Uh, Xfinity right. was kind of like interesting towards the end there uh i think that yeah was when uh kyle larson like led everything and then uh darian gillum led uh did the uh classic uh curse where he just said oh he's got this in the bag winky face and then immediately he uh, kyle larson blows it going into turn 11 so ends up he, in third that's what he did at road america and we were there last year too kyle larson led like the whole thing and then biffed it at the end and gave it to ty gibbs let didn't ty even didn't even blow the corners. He slowed up too much for it and hit the hit the tires. What? Like he he went too close to the inside of the hairpin? Yeah, I thought that's what happened. And yeah, it was like, he like yeah. skipped. He like skipped off the tires and went wide after that. It's like oh he ripped the steering wheel out of his hand because the car just goes. Yeah. Well, that's what he said. But I, you know what? As somebody who is one of the worst race car drivers in the world, uh, <laughs> when I'm well, when I'm in the back of the pack at core, any minor inconvenience, I just think about letting my that wheel slip out of my hands right up into the wall and just end my life essentially so i'm curious if kyle larson was like he had after a, he hit the barrier was like we're, we're gonna just bend this thing he had a on. moment of clarity where he's yeah. just like you know what I just moment don't of post nut clarity he was like i can end all of this right now because <laughs> that thing went 90 degrees left towards that wall <laughs> and all that for an eric almirola win hell yeah hell yeah in a seed car yeah. And hey, suddenly and Priest, the number one, number two guys at uh, Stuart Haas right now. That win yeah. bought Eric Almirola another four years of Smithfield sponsorship, so they will not let him die. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like he could go 20 hey, some, more years doing absolutely nothing in Smithfield. Will stick something with about that number 28 forward at Sonoma, always <laughs> money. Davey Allison, Ernie Irvin, Eric Almirola, legends. Eric? Eric Almirola is going to be like the shittier version of Bobby and Terry Labonte at the end of their career. Stop giving them rides. Just he's single-handedly single keeping SHR alive at this point with that uh, Smithfield money. 
Yeah. Have you guys discussed that uh that fine that Chase Briscoe got and Stuart House got yet? Yeah, they went they, to counterfeit uh, part. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they made their own like little duct thing and it was the wrong shape. And yeah. took like a head like one of the biggest penalties, I think, in recent memory. Well it didn't uh, matter that it was the wrong shape, it just wasn't the part that's supplied by NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there was some defect or something in it that NASCAR caught. Between uh yeah, between Gene Haas's uh, alleged legal troubles overseas that I yeah. heard a little bit about, and now this shit from this massive fine from NASCAR, I can't imagine Tony's going to want to be in NASCAR for too much longer as a team owner. See, here's a question. When, when they released this next-gen car, they put out a new set of rules for the, the L1, the L2, the L3 penalties. They haven't gone to the extreme that I thought they would because the last penalty in that rule book is loss of playoff spot. Mm. I wonder how Ooh. long or how much it will take for that. Because in the, in the rule book, from what we saw, it was if you try and get a counterfeit part through, you're done. You've lost your playoff spot. Or you've lost you playoff eligibility. Right now. I was about to say, he might not make it anyway. But yeah. yeah. It was, I, I remember. Think, I think NASCAR is going to give you the benefit of the doubt the first time. I think the second time they're like, all right, fuck you. And maybe <laughs> or, it, it depends on the part, realize, too. They realize you actually made the part better. <laughs> the wheels. <laughs> oh, wheel. They got, they got fine for making the wheels better. RFK moment. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got for NASCAR. Uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans was this weekend as well. That was kind of just a mess. It rained on half the track and it stayed wet and just everyone wrecked out. But... I will eat my words because I said the Garage 56 NASCAR wouldn't last two hours, and they actually meant went like 23, uh, with just one hour in the garage to replace a transmission because it kind of exploded. But that's fine. They hey, shout the out race. to Cadillac third and fourth. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that dude, that hyper car division was fucking stacked. Glickenhaus finished yeah. above uh, Porsche and Peugeot. I think uh, there was one Ferrari that shit it out there was one toyota that shit it out i think it was a uh, ferrari toyota both cadillacs and then glickenhaus after the that. other ferrari i think first but yeah the other ferrari okay. is doing okay yeah seen isn't there some sort of penalties coming down for a few teams post-race like i LMP, did see today that the, the lmp2 leader had like got penalties and a bunch of the hyper cars had stuff confiscated i don't know the details We'll probably see stuff about it in the coming days, but oh, but NASCAR NASCAR has brought back the pile of denial, though. That's nice. Yeah. Of what the stolen parts oh, oh, or the, back, the back in the day, parts? if uh, oh, you rolled up to a track and there was like an illegal part, they would put that shit on a table with your name and the number of your car <laughs> and the crew chief name on it, and they would call it the pile of denial. It was like all these illegal parts and shit. So like NASCAR is bringing that back. So when the the uh, 14 car had that illegal part. They like brought it out and they showed everybody what it looked like. Yeah, because I saw so a I video like, of it on Twitter. Yeah, so like they're bringing back the pile of denial. I fucking love it. You know, more <laughs> transparency, show everybody what the illegal part is, let everybody like look, boo, and hiss, and all that stuff, and it'll <laughs> self police itself. See, what's funny is if you did that in the Xfinity series, it would just be a pile of, you know, ground down camera pods and slotted <laughs> uh, body panel. Uh, 
Hey, hey, I don't I don't think we should like suspend these crew chiefs. I think we should just like put them in the pillory, like like a hand in the head and like uh, put them in the stockade and like throw <laughs> fucking tomatoes at them. Like if you have a hot pass <laughs> or a pit pass, you get to throw tomatoes at all the people like uh, in the pillory or whatever. But this being NASCAR in the garage area, you'd have to pay like 20 bucks for a tomato. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah, I can't bring your own tomatoes. Got to pay, t- you know, twenty bucks. Got to bring per a soft, tomato. a soft shell container with tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no ice. You got to buy ice there. Yeah. And shit. Sorry, we're out of ice. Sorry, we're <laughs> sorry, we're out of water. Oh, what do you mean it's a hundred degrees? Why don't you just bring some water? <laughs> I do want to bring up real quick because I'm sure none of you are following this, but there was some drama in the Pinty series today. Where the winner from the uh, oh, yeah. the previous race got a fat penalty, um, and then there's a there's a Pinty series like Facebook group where a lot of the teams are and all of the drivers are, <laughs> and immediately after the penalty, Kevin Lacroix went on the the Pinty series Facebook page <laughs> to talk shit about the car that got <laughs> DQ'd from the win. Uh, and and talked about how uh, the winner tried to do donuts and couldn't do it, uh, and now there's a bunch of allegations of traction control going on. So it was the My man's Gordon never crowd. beating these allegations. And see, spicy. It, I, I would I would find that hilarious and truthful if it wasn't from the literal like worst person in Pinty's, Kevin Lacroix, who has tried to kill people on multiple occasions. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one who uh, climbed Alex LeBay's <laughs> door that one time. Yeah. I also I also don't like him because he wins every time I go to CTMP. He just finds a way to win. Well, like that they post about it. I'm friends with Trayton Lapsovich. I went to college with his brother, and I hung out with with all those guys all the time. With Caden? Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Caden's crew chief over at Venerini now, but he uh he posted on Facebook. He's like, man, I hated to lose a chance to the three P, and then to find out the car was illegal afterwards. (laughs) You know, what's what's the deal? And everybody's. I guess from that side of the fence is wanting NASCAR to to do the uh, uh, cucumbered. <laughs> the, the yeah. Cucumbered wins. Yeah. Encumbered, cucumber. yeah. Cucumbered. <laughs> I've heard that term in a minute. Um, I do also want to pull up for the, the what is Twitter doing bit. <laughs> I want to talk about Eric Almirola real quick. <laughs> the, the way that I found out that he won the Sonoma Xfinity race is he went through and found every negative comment <laughs> from the announcement that he was running the Xfinity series and replied <laughs> and replied to them. And everyone said, Oh, he's going to finish badly. <laughs> just, Eric Almirola just says L comment. And he went through and he oh, dropped yeah. a, just it's a hell of a lot of comments. It's from 12 days it. before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, as soon as they announced this, he just went back to the announcement and just replied to everyone's just negative comments. Ever since they announced this race, ever since they announced this race, Eric Amarillo's been sitting in his house with headphones on, just listening. No, to it's it's better than that. Steaming. Because three hours before he dropped all these, he posted a picture <laughs> of him in a boat and said, do not disturb, hashtag off weekend. And then a few hours later was replying to everyone's comments. Al, so I'm just imagining Al, Eric Almirola in the boat. With his phone. Trying, and he still has better kids. cell phone and internet service than Gavin trying to start this yeah. podcast. Yeah. So he got yeah, running off the phone the this week. And he started like, yeah. dude. <laughs> Honestly, mad respect for talking yeah, yeah. shit and get yeah. all his kids to shut the fuck up and just hitting the pontoon boat, putting them 
phone on silent and being like, fuck it, I'm a millionaire, fuck all of you, and then just driving around in the boat. He's sitting in an inner tube with a cooler in a smaller inner tube getting shit-faced on Lake Norman. <laughs> Probably fucking some model on the side, you know. <laughs> uh, on that note, I want to talk about... <laughs> I want to talk about core real quick because we had our uh, a Rockingham race last. What do you mean week. on that note? Fucking models on the side. We're going to core. Ain't none of you getting laid. <laughs> You're right. Um, but we had we had a bang of a race and it was actually really fun and I was kind of impressed. I thought it'd be a shit show and it wasn't. It's and, uh, uh, dead. No, it was. Cody's what, dead. What? It was a shit show to start off the race because none of us know how to drive. But you know, we wrecked tires. on lap one both races, but after <laughs> that, we went green in race one. I like at the beginning of the race, uh, everybody up front, you know, because we do the reverse grids, everybody was getting EOLs. Like, I don't want to start up here. I don't want to start up here. But that man down there, Rusty, dude, like, nah. I, was, I was so hyped. I was like, I think I was like row three or four and everybody took EOLs and I'm like, DT, I might be, I might be up front. I may, I might be starting close to the front. And then like, I, I don't know who the last dude was. He's like, give me an EOL. Cause Ben was like, do we have any last takers? I think and, it was Corey. Uh, and he was, was like, yeah, I'll take one. And it put me like essentially on the pole. And if you know me sitting on the pole, it's, <laughs> it's going to go south quick. So I was, my adrenaline was going crazy. I'm getting hyped thinking about it, but uh, I tried to do, I tried to do my best to lead my first ever like genuine lap, but uh, Wes is just too damn good. So I was say, we've, got a, we've got a whiteboard at core offices with how many races has Rusty started on the pole and not led that lap. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're up to seven. <laughs> That's great. There's like, a little side bed of eat shit in turn one. This this goes back multiple seasons. I've never led like an organic lap in the history of core from NASCAR heat three, four, five uh, to iRacing. I've never like genuinely done something for the for the front of the race. Well, you led uh, you led at Daytona last season, and when you stayed out on fuel, I stayed we out all... like. <laughs> Dude, everybody was cheering great. for you. What are you talking about? You had the yeah. entire support of all the fans. No, it was funny because, yeah, the, like the, the broadcast was like, oh, there's no way he could make it. Like, can he actually make it? Like, he might do it. And then I just peel off like with like one to go and I finish dead last. Like, <laughs> That's kind of how I did in the first Rockingham race where I let a few yeah, laps just same. staying out way too late. Uh, anyway, course based. We'll see you all next week at Kansas. Should be a good time. Uh, all right. Oh, dude, real quick, I might start up front. I'm gonna lead that first lap. Put it, mark it down. I'm yeah, at Kansas. No, all right. I, I got a race under my belt now. I'm starting up front. Oh, oh that is well, true. I might, I might have to wreck you to do it. <laughs> and it's gonna not be on purpose. I can guarantee you. I will say, Rusty, you started on pole, but you weren't the one that biffed it. It was actually Travis in the first race, yeah. who just lost and wrecked in front of the field. But then I love, I love Travis. And I'm glad he's okay. Repeated the same effort at Hickory. I'm glad he's okay. <laughs> I always I, uh, say that because I love Travis. Yeah, I got a whole bit to talk about later because I was getting upset with people on the internet. Shit. But I'm glad Travis is okay. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad he's like taking it easy next little bit. Woke up this morning. And I, I was completely out of the loop with work shit yesterday. And I saw that. I was like, oh, fuck. Dude, a hung throttle. That's fucking scary. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't and know how still you like through the floorboard, but that's spooky. And it's it's crazy how the pedal to the metal. 
we were just having that conversation, Davin, in the <laughs> core group chat about hung throttles and kill switches. Yeah. That week. That was that's spooky. Yeah. Uh he, yeah. He said he tried to go for the kill switch, but there's just like no time on a track that short. Yeah. You realize halfway down the straight, shit, the throttle's not coming back. The corner's right there. Got like a half second. Concrete that. wall. Yeah, it's just scary. But goddamn, he put the pedal through the fucking floor. That's <laughs> my boy. <laughs> uh, Landon right. Huffman could never. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 I hate that. Like, there's so many people going on Twitter. Like, oh no, he broke the car. The car's, oh, the car's fucked. And it's like, okay, like, buddy had a hung throttle. He's in the hospital. Like. Everyone's tagging him and being like, oh, Travis, what did you do? Ha ha. It's like, I don't know. Like, this has got me all and, and, and worked up. And before anybody gets mad at me for making fun of like Landon Huffman, it's because Landon Huffman's like a, a track champion and he knows not to go like, he knows how to baby it and, you know, all that type of stuff. And he's probably like, he probably has it finesse like Jeff Gordon at uh, Martinsville. Jeff Gordon at Martinsville said he never went full throttle. You know, he, he let off the throttle at the start-finish line and, like, coast into turn one and two and all that stuff. So Landon Huffman probably never pushed it full throttle, foot to the floor. And Travis, not having as much experience and being in a limited late model with a little bit less horsepower, probably put, you know, his foot to the floor, which had never been done in that car before, and it got stuck, and then that's what happened. See, I wasn't, what, wasn't his fault, wasn't Landon's fault. That's just it, nobody expected that to happen. It's just a freak accident. Yeah, and, and stuck throttles can be anything like just tightening down the airbox too much. Like it's literally just when it that throttle goes all the way down and then just won't come back up because it's stuck on the airbox. Like it it's stupid stuff like that and that you never think about that can hurt people. So if you're ever putting together a race car, I hear double, triple, quadruple check because it's too late to check going into the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad Travis is, is all right from that. Cause yeah, stuff gets ugly. He's a little bit concussed, but uh, old boys should be good. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got, we got some paint schemes to go through real quick. Not a whole lot this week for the, uh, the dripper drown segment. Slap, you sent me this. What the hell? Where is this from? I've got. We've got a, uh, a, a oh, the, uh, an Alan Kowicki wagon. The, uh, that's the from Alan... the uh, the spectator races. Uh, you were uh, you could uh, enter in any car that you wanted to. These guys had no fire suits. All they had was helmets. And and the, literally just talking about safety, and then we go to this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just. Man, I don't know what kind of wagon this is. Roadmaster. There you go. I tell you, Slab, the, the Alan Kowicki scholarship sure has gone downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, just stock uh, seats. So this guy no was actually running like second or, or third in the race, and uh, he ended up having a flat tire. I had to go back and uh, uh, fix telling, it. You're telling me that thing had a mechanical failure? No. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little bit. Uh, Ty Majeski could probably still win in that thing in Super Light Malls at Slinger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah, fucking... Kenseth would boot him out of the way on the final corner. Uh, no one else will recognize this, but that's also definitely a Robbie Gordon 7 and not an Alan Kowicki. Uh, 
Yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, I talked last week about the Todd Gillen serial one, uh, e-bikes, the fifty-one, the the dude fucking ripping it on the side, uh, and all their promo graphics had this dude just like leaned all the way over on the e-bike, showed up to the track, no bike. There's no. They didn't print the dude. Uh, no. It's just a plain blue car. The dude is not licensed in the state of California. I'm suing for false advertising. See, this yeah, I the, wanted to see this, this dude the dude up on that there. NASCAR doesn't approve paint schemes for. Why? Well, nah, because he had the dude when he was in the 38. But in the 51, he didn't. But uh, on the bright side, Cozy ran the 38 paint scheme, and he had the dude on the side of the car for the Coke race. Okay, there we go. <laughs> go on. I'll take that. Go back to like Atlas Esports Twitter real quick. They posted some graphic that like showed all their cars and standings. Oh, most recent, right? I'll, I'll tell you what happened. They didn't have codes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Altus Esports put out their like post race okay. results okay. graphic, and Cozy uh, forgot to do his homework and he didn't send in like the render they made of his car, so he just gets a logo. <laughs> oh. oh no, no, but, uh, yeah. That's Cozy's fault. How did Tucker finish so far back? Damn. He got re so he he when Cozy restarted third, got mm. up to second place and was fighting for the lead. Like that was the one. Like that was his opportunity. Slap that uh, can crack absolutely did not come did through not, the link. Did not uh, damn it. Um <laughs> how much of what I said come came through. Uh you know, Zero. I got it, but I don't knew what you're talking about. I don't think anyone else heard it. <laughs> but I I got but. you. Um, okay, but yeah, the restart where Cozy had it, Tucker was like right behind him and got loose on the high side and then bounced off of someone and just wrecked in front of the field. And that's when the caution came out. And because Cozy was in second and there's no choose rule, he's then stuck on the outside and then you know he ends up finishing eighth. Um, because iRacing still can't build a track where the outside lane works. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Remember it the sucks two years that we had we had the dynamic tracks and like everything was so much fun. And then dude, I, remember, I talk about this all the damn time, but I remember ripping the top at Iowa in the Xfinity cars in like 2017, 2016. Mm, good times. I, I remember a league that I used to run on iRacing called the Can-Am Racing Series. And we had an all-star race that I actually ended up winning. Like, it was Ooh, cool. It was like, okay. my, like wow, second or third whenever in that deal. But, like, it was fun. They didn't broadcast it, so it wasn't, like, serious. There wasn't sweaty. But everybody, it was 28, 30 guys where we just had a blast. And Charlotte with the Xfinity cars, the bottom lane worked, the middle lane worked, and the top lane worked. And we were three wide for the lead for, like, seven laps. Oh. Hell yeah. And they took that from us. But, hey, guys, at least California has a grip strip. They did say they'll work on it after the dirt update, and the dirt update seems to be going pretty well. The one that they uh, they just dropped last week. Uh, I'm excited already for the uh, the Eldora race with Core. I think we might actually run the full power cars there because they're yeah. actually really fun. Are we still at the point I racing six years after dirt got released? We still don't have tire wear on dirt. They do now, as of oh, last week. That, that was the update. Well, that and the, the like overall feel is completely different. It's actually so much better because it used to just be kind of like icy slide. Like it just felt like ice. It was just, you couldn't really do anything anywhere. But now it's like sticky, and you can like oh. like actually get in the corner and like feel the grip. Oh, good! Now and, Rusty's uh, gonna and rip it around out there. Into Eldora turn one and just <laughs> grip flip. <laughs> uh, okay, some more paint schemes from this week. 
Did y'all know at Sonoma, this is the first week this season that Kyle Larson wasn't in a HendrickCars.com car? He ran that scheme really? every damn week, and this is the first one he's running Valvoline. It actually looks good. Hey, why had yeah, the, Valvoline the Valvoline can too. like on the That's side right there, like tilted? Because it's dumping out the oil. Yeah, right in front of his rear tires. Oh, so now he has an excuse when he spins out. No, he's got to he's got to counteract the traction control. Ah. <laughs> Real quick, look at the uh, the hood on the car. The Valvoline logo goes all the way up in the windshield. Like, what is that? Yeah, it seems like it's too high because they also I feel like they could fit the letters beneath the the carbon grill vent things. They got to get rid of the uh, uneven hood. It's got to be like one solid fucking piece. I hate this shit. Well, I just, I don't know what changed this year. They used to have this bit painted, but now it's this, the Chevys have this little black piece on it. <coughs> As of this year, like that wasn't a thing last year. Anyway. because they're stupid. Uh, Bubba Wallace also oh, ran a car that wasn't ass. Um, it's still not great. Why does this sun bleached? Uh, CMYK. I don't California. know. California. Uh, the number font still sucks. The logo's kind of weirdly positioned. <laughs> That's a DoorDash yeah, thing. Why, why did they not just extend it through? The, oh my yes. god. Yes. Yes. They have the right. space yeah. for it. I don't really understand. DoorDash but the overall be design is better than anything else he's run this season. But that's also probably the lowest bar in the entire sport. Jeez. So, anyway, nice to cool see. Bit. Some effort was put into a 23XI uh, paint scheme. So, uh, Dude, I do like how the jack post kind of integrates with the uh, the scheme there. Uh, that was definitely not intentional. But yeah. <laughs> see. Nah, I give them the benefit of the doubt. It's pretty slick. <laughs> no, no. I don't. Not these guys. Uh, also, uh, Almendinger ran whatever the hell this says on both of his cars this week. Oh. It looks cool. I can't read it oh, yes, at the, all. The the ultimate sign of a good paint scheme. You can't read the the logo. Yeah, I really don't know what that says. Sabriel Flas. Gabriel Flas. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the most important part. The bin store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. what is it wine? Okay, it's wine. Sabriel Glass. No, it also looks like yeah, there's Gabriel, Gabriel Glass. Gabriel Slap. Oh, God. Do we got a date? <laughs> Gabriel Glass. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, looks cool for a logo that you can't fucking read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dylan Lupton also had a cute-looking car. I I ask Excavator. Mm. You did a good job, Gabe. Yeah, I, I, I patched that door number because it was a 44 at Portland. Oh. <laughs> I, had to, I had to line up the Excavator. You can't tell, can you? <laughs> no, not at all. You did looks great. Looks good. Thanks. Also, what y'all do with the tape up here? This is kind of cute. Uh, I don't know. That's Michael Brandt. Uh, that's to confuse <laughs> the uh, lasers in the the scan room. The yeah, that's lasers. why. That's why it's all dark over here. They're cheating. Oh, this is that's qualifying. Freaking laser beams. Uh oh yeah! Announced today. Uh, Chase Elliott had a 11 year old and 13 year old hospital patient design a car better than he's Yo, ever she's run. Yoshi's car. Hit the button. Anybody's been able to do it all year. Yeah, like genuinely, like two kids in a hospital just put out this absolute <laughs> banger. This thing's sick. Uh, it's a Yoshi's Island car. It does remind me a little bit of the. Uh... That finally just 
became not stuck in my head like as of two days ago. Thanks. <laughs> got like a week of recovery back, now ahead of me. It reminds me of the old, uh, so I think back. it was a, a Jeff Gordon like Looney Tunes car that had like the grass and the sky. Yeah. And bright oh, yellow. Didn't Jeff Gordon have a uh, um it was designed a by Snoopy car. a Snoopy oh. car oh. like Peanut Gang car that was uh, like that. Hey, the that's grass. what I'm thinking of. Oh God! Somebody get a screenshot of Cody. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. He's he deceased. We'll be seeing. We'll tell yeah. Wi-Fi got his ass. Slap! You are hundred percent correct. Jeff Gordon ran a Snoopy car, which may be the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, as oh, like a blue white like, yeah. That is pretty similar. Cars, cars that are unintentionally the same. <laughs> yeah. It's even got the green on the hood, doesn't it? A little bit of grass on the hood. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually. <laughs> That's actually pretty impressive. I don't know Good what this is meant to be on the hood. It's it kind of looks like fire. a dumpster fire, but... <laughs> That's Noah's Ark on fire. Mom, mom left the crock pot on too long. That literally <laughs> looks like Noah's Ark on fire. <laughs> the uh, the one that Snoopy's I was thinking of is on fire. It's actually very similar. Uses, it's the uh, museum is just seething right now. The Jeff Gordon mm -hmm. Bugs Bunny one, the also has like that blue and the green. The one on the right is like almost identical. Yeah, yeah. Even with like the little hints of red, kind of cool. Mm. Anyway, shout out to uh to Chase Elliott. That's that's like a really cool initiative and a really cool looking car. So I'm. I'm super happy. That's all I've got for Dripper John this week. Um, really, I really like it uh, when kids design cars. Like the, the whole crayon aesthetic. I, I, like dude, just and... See what, like you tell a kid, draw a race car, and you might get an actual paint scheme. I think it was, was Edwards one year had like a legit paint scheme, or that you get Jeff Gordon's daughter because she just went like that <laughs> across the whole car. I love it because they always yeah. look cool and they always look unique. They're creative. They don't. Kids don't have brand guidelines. That's how it should be. Yep. <laughs> right, um, maxed out the audio there. Fuck the brands. <laughs> Dude, it, most of the time they spend so much damn money put their logo on a race car and then they make it look like shit. What's the point? What is the point? Hey, here's here's uh three hundred thousand dollars. Make my logo look like shit. <laughs> because yeah, make because it real small. TV doesn't that matter anymore. It's and the they want to tell you that capitalism is a good expenditure of capital. It's, it's the same reason that 2311 decides Dr. Pepper thinks Damn. it's a good idea to put uh, QR codes on the race cars. Oh, God. Dude. I, I would love to know the analytics on how many people scanned a QR code on a race car. <laughs> that's that's <clears throat> stupid. Even on the render that they put out, you couldn't scan it. Less than 50. Put it over the louvers so you can't, like, get it because it hit the wrong <laughs> fucking angle. Yeah. Probably less than 10, honestly. All right, that enough. That would, honestly, that would be, like, a great promotion at, like, Indianapolis to where it's on the louvers and it, you can only get a picture when it's top down. So you're at the... It's, like, standing, lined up properly. You're standing on the pagoda, like, we're coming out of the gasoline alley. And you get like a year supply of Dr. Pepper if you can get a perfect picture yeah. right there. Yeah. First person to scan oh, this. It's like careening towards you over the fence. You'd be like, yeah, I got it, baby. <laughs> right before it slams into your Toyota Corolla in the parking lot. The yeah. I thought that was going to be us. There was a moment like, I don't know. Crew. I thought we were about to die. I don't know what happened on the track. And I was like, 
<laughs> it was spooky. So you thought we were gonna die at Charlotte when that uh, like back marker just careened into the wall right in front of us? I don't even remember that. Do I remember that? Was... <laughs> like pointed out. I was like, oh, you were like watching the cars go by, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dove into my arms, like like I was trying to like hold you. <laughs> if you were to tell me that Rusty Walrus would get Darwin Award and die in a dumb fashion i would not be surprised i'm definitely gonna be the first person to die in, like in like in a long time like just bookmark it i know i didn't get a chance to tell too many stories uh, about indie since my computer was dying during the yeah. podcast but uh dude i yeah like what rusty was talking about at indie there wasn't even a time like where is anything crazy that happened i was just kind of staring at the cars coming up at us and someone like made like a like a two wide send like coming into the turn towards us and i i just like like just like touched Rusty and pointed. You were and like, dude, 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 dude. When he reacted. You thought like there was like a Scott Dixon s crash like coming right towards us. Like I was, I just like tapped. It. I was like pointing, and he was like, you fucking like jump. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first ever race my dad took me to it was the 2008 Budweiser Shootout, and we went to the oh, Arca shit. race. We went to the Arca race before it, and that was when Patrick Shelter ate shit coming out of four. Oh, he got like T bone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. T bone down the racetrack. So, like, I think that was, like, a couple laps after a restart. I remember vividly standing, like, on my seat to see over people because, you know, I'm, like, 12, so I can't see shit. So I'm standing there, and I'm watching some cars in turn two, and my dad sees the wreck in four, and he goes, and goes to hit me and (laughs) knocks me back. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dad. (laughs) It's nice to know that when that happened to you, me and my dad were squabbling over uh, Zaxby's tater chips. <laughs> we're watching that on the big screen. We talked about this in the previous podcast. My dad had this uh, projector he had like taken from this church where he was doing HVAC work. <laughs> and and we had the uh, the budge shootout and the uh, ARCA race like on a gigantic fucking... Uh, like shower curtain that we had out like on the woods and we're just like projecting it like the race out there on the woods oh, yeah and me and my dad are like squabbling over like uh zaxby's tater chips which are so fucking good i miss them and then and then patrick shelter eats shit and i'm like oh dad fuck 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 and then he gets fucking t-boned and everything and so it's nice to know when me and my dad are like squabbling over that your dad was a Hunting you in the face. I was being assaulted by my father in the Roberts, <laughs> Roberts Tower grandstands. <laughs> I, All right. I remember that race too, because like, so we were waiting for the for the races to start, and my dad was like, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so he, you know, this was like me and his trip. Like we, this was awesome. We went to watch the uh, World of Outlaws at East Bay. We went and see my uncle, and then drove across florida to go to the budweiser shootout and i you know as a kid you don't think about this stuff but looking back like he probably spent a lot of money like that week yeah just to make a moment with his son and thinking back now i'm really grateful of that but i was starving like i was hungry and he's he like goes down there and sees like you know 14 bucks for a cheeseburger fuck that (laughs) he's gone for like 30 minutes in the middle of the budweiser shootout comes back my dad, I don't know why, but he always does that thing where, like, you clear your throat. Like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cars are going by. There are 20 cup cars on the racetrack. And I'm like, where the fuck is my dad? 
There he is. <laughs> Comes up the grandstands. He's got two bags of checkers. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. He went hell to yeah. the the checkers across the yeah. street. Oh, that checker is still there. That checker yeah, is still yeah, there. there. <laughs> he walked across the street and then came back. And it's like, here you go. For the cost of whatever I was going to buy for a hamburger, I got this. And it was like 12 cheeseburgers, four fries. He's like, we're, we're set. Probably like 14 bucks for all that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Grave case. All right. Uh, That's what Daytona needs next to is a fucking White Castle with a Crave case, dude. I would fucking punish that shit. There was, there was a, <laughs> there was a White dude, Castle in like the sketchy area, afterwards. right? No, no, slap you. You're from South Carolina. You should know White Trash it, White Castle. Crystal. It's, it's crystals down here. Yeah, crystals. Oh yeah. Hey, I, fa- I like- found I found the line. There is a line in uh, Kentucky where it goes from Crystals to White Castle. Coincidentally. It's right, before, it's right before you get to Lexington. It's right before you get to the Buckies in Kentucky. <laughs> Co- coincidentally. And that's where it goes from Crystals to White Castle. And I was like, oh, there's the line. It was like from one exit to the next exit. Like literally like a mile down the road. There, it just changed, and it was all White Castle after that. Coincidentally, that same line is the Southern Mason-Dixon line between you get sweet tea first or unsweet tea and have to ask for sugar on the table. <laughs> it's all the same line. Here's your monthly reminder, by the way, that White Castle burgers make your farts smell exactly like them. Yeah, I was going to say, really we've got to test really the, the theory really with do. Gabe. Gabe, when you fart after eating White Castle, does it smell exactly like the sliders? So does uh, uh, no, Bloomin' Onion. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, where Slap and I are, it's crystals. You don't get White Castles, you get crystals. All right, sure. Uh, Same thing, though. Uh, crystals firm on my way to South Alabama Speedway, stopped in Georgia to get a... Uh, Twelve, a dozen uh, sliders with cheese from Crystals, and uh, I, about two hours later, the farts did exactly smell like yeah. Crystals yeah. sliders. See, Crystals is like White Castle, but with slightly more heroin. It's meth. It's meth. It's, it's, it's missing. Like, missing energized. It's, it's it's missing three teeth, and the only diploma <laughs> it ever got was from the DUI school. <laughs> <laughs> Do we do we want to do a slap crazy ass moment? Slap I pick up all this shit. All right, all right, all right. We do. Okay. Research. I have it right here, and you're gonna deny me now. No, we've been going through all these good stories. I was just making sure. The way you described it, I imagine the cooks at Crystals looking like Wendy from uh, Breaking Bad, like that. That, that prostitute. <laughs> I was just missing all the teeth and shit. No, if you, no, if you've all... ever seen a pregnant woman taking a drag off a cigarette, just imagine yeah. her like working the uh, drive-through at. They either uh, look Crystals. like Wendy. They either look like Wendy or the manager is Huel. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just as lovely. <laughs> I, I mean... How happy are you, Huel? Reasonably. <laughs> <laughs> all right, slap. It's time. What do we got this week? Crazy ass moments in history. Most professional sports can trace their lineage back about a hundred years or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Football, uh, as we know it, with the forward pass, uh, 11 versus 11, is about 110 or 120 years old. Uh, Baseball is about 150 years old. If you really want to go way back there, sumo wrestling has been basically unchanged for 500 years there are very few sports that are 
basically, uh, you know, as old as we are. Uh, it's really hard to find a new sport that has broken through to the mainstream. One of those is mixed martial arts. It seemed like a no shit assessment, but, uh, you know, martial arts, mixed martial arts being like, hey, let's put a bunch of guys from different disciplines in a ring together and let's just let the best man figure it out. It seems like, yeah, no shit. We're going to do that. But as we got into the modern world, there were so many barriers we'd put up in front of ourselves that we never really did get to see what it was like to see two men fighting each other. Uh, you know, just a no holds barred just to see which fighting discipline was the best. This is the birth of mixed martial arts as we know it. UFC one in Colorado in 1993. Let's get right into it. It's time for Slaps Crazy Ass Moments. <laughs> that's an experience every time yeah, it's like, a, it's like an existential like out of body experience every time <laughs> all right so this this goes back to the late 1800s early 1900s there is a guy by the name of matsuyo maeda who is a uh, Japanese national who's touring the world, showing everybody the virtues of jujitsu. And not just any jujitsu, just his uh, specific version of jujitsu, which uh, focused a lot on throws and uh, uh, basically taking a larger opponent and using their size as a fulcrum so that you could throw them down on the ground, create a scramble, wrap your arm around their neck and just choke them out. Uh, they put on fighting exhibitions in New York, in Miami, in Havana. They eventually get all the way down to Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, where they run into the Gracie family. The Gracie family was a bunch of Scottish uh, immigrants that had gone to down to Brazil to search a new a new life, fame, and fortune. Eventually, there is a guy by the name of uh, one of the descendants of the of the Gracie family named Elio Gracie decides to fight Matsuyo Maeda one on one in a match that lasted over two hours. He oh ended up God. breaking it. He ended up breaking an arm uh, <laughs> for his troubles. Not nearly as uh, famous a battle as that one with uh, John West Townley. <laughs> But significantly better than John West Townley versus the Hatchet. Oh. <laughs> That's a crazy ass moment in history. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's another one. There's Next another one. <laughs> sorry, Slap. Sorry. <laughs> I dropped my fucking cue card, you asshole. <laughs> He's got cue cards. Nobody <laughs> don't get over. Brad Kay's looking at you. I know. Brad noted anti-communist Brad Keselowski is back there just waiting for his opportunity to thrust a katana through my side. That's deep. That's deep shrimp that's a, lore, by the way. That's a hell, that's hell of a lore right there. <laughs> so, uh, Alo Gracie, Alo Gracie, like, learns all of his, uh, 
uh, fighting, uh, how to use jujitsu to his advantage. Alio Gracie was the smallest son of his family. Uh, the Gracie family is already side, slight of frame. Uh, he weighed about 145 pounds soaking wet, walking away from the buffet table. He was a small dude. So he takes all the lessons he learned from Maeda and hones down jujitsu down to what we now know as Brazilian jujitsu. Basically, trim it down to its base components, create a scramble. It's not pretty. It's not artful. It's very dirty. You know, drag your opponent down to the floor. Use some arm drags, some throws, some leverage. Just create a scramble and wrap your arm around their neck. Squeeze as hard as you can and you'll win the match. Well, one of his sons was uh, Horion Gracie. And uh, he was a very good Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, but he ended up going into uh, marketing and ended up uh, going to the United States. And uh, he wanted to get in with marketing. He put in all these uh, uh, magazine ads in Playboy and all these other different you know, mixed martial arts uh, magazines, all this shit saying, hey, you come down to Gracie Jiu-Jitsu here in uh, California, we'll beat your ass. You know, yeah, any anybody who wants to fight us, if you can beat us, we'll pay you a thousand dollars to win. And nobody could beat us to sprint car racing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nobody could beat the Gracie clan like Horion Gracie was just this fucking legend. But he had a degree in marketing. He goes to work for Semaphore Entertainment Group. And their big thing was uh, uh, pay-per-view. He meets a guy by the name of Art Davey. Art Davey uh, is looking for the next big pay-per-view buy. And Horion Gracie sells him on this idea of uh, Vale Chudo which is Brazilian or uh, Portuguese for no holds barred. So uh, they basically d decide, hey, what if we had this fight where we had eight guys, no rules, put them against each other in a one uh, a one night single elimination bracket and whoever wins wins. You know, the only way to, to finish the fight is through uh tap out knockout or death the <laughs> the only the only <laughs> rules are no biting no eye gouging no hair pulling wasn't no fish hooking a rule too or like stick your finger in someone's fucking yeah, gone, was, like, no, that was another one tear was, their uh, apart. yeah no uh small joint manipulation and no fish hooking and uh later there was uh no uh you know, attacking the genitals either. That was another thing they had to... It wasn't cool first. There's, there's a one, one like UFC 3, I think. There's like one guy just like pounding another dude's fucking groin. He gets it. He gets like in a chokehold and you start attacking his balls. It's like a chemo or one of those dudes. And they're like the UFC 2. Is... He's just kind of... <laughs> Yeah, maybe we like should make a rule against balls, this. But, but anyway, they 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 get this like fight put together, and Art Davies putting out all these ads, trying to get guys signed up for it, and uh, he puts out all these ads and magazines and the back of VHS tapes of Gracie Jiu Jitsu highlights or whatever, 
and he eventually gets all these freaks and weirdos like sending him like uh, you know applications and everything and they're saying oh i've won 200 street fights i'm i'm a big tough guy i've won 100 fights i'm undefeated and all this art davy decides fuck it we'll let the cage decide <laughs> yeah i you say you won 200 fights we'll put you in there i believe you so he gets all these freaks and all these degenerates to go in there. There are a few people who are like real deal, like actually know how to fight. Uh, a couple guys like uh, Gerard Gordeaux was this uh, French uh, kickboxer who was really good. Art Jimerson was this very well-established boxer. Um, there was Ken Shamrock, a professional wrestler who actually did fight in Japan in Pancrase, which was sort of like a proto MMA type of deal where uh, you had to wear like thigh high boots and all this, you know, a speedo oh. and all this weird type of shit. But um, uh, uh, he, he gets like all these weirdos in the first round and all this stuff against like the the uh, established guys. And they decide uh, they're going to have this fight. They have a problem, though. There is no athletic commission that will sanction the fight. And there is a big question of whether or not this is actually legal. <laughs> so this is 1993. Most people believe that if you knew how to do um, martial arts the right way, you could like pluck somebody's heart out of their chest and make their head explode. <laughs> you know, because people were fucking stupid. Uh, but eventually they find a loophole in the Colorado Athletic Commission. There was a loophole for bare knuckle boxing. So long as you didn't tape up your fist, you could fight any way that you wanted to. So they go to the uh, Denver Civic Center, which is now called uh, the Mc McNichols uh, Sports Arena. It's still up today. And uh, they had a crowd of about 7,800 people that witnessed UFC 1. They had 80,000 pay-per-view buys, which was oh, astonishing for the time. And the very first fight, Gerard Gordeaux versus uh, Taylor Tua, who was a sumo wrestler. Uh, they get into a scramble. Gerard Gordeaux puts him down to the ground, does a roundhouse kick right to his face. A tooth goes flying out into the stands. <laughs> uh, Taylor Tua is out. And uh, the very first fight in UFC history is a absolute banger. I wonder who caught that tooth. It Sold was it on Brian, eBay. Hey, it was Brian Kilmeade of Fox News. He was on the call. <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be an answer to that question. <laughs> Slap. Oh Brian Kilmeade, who is now Fox News fame, um, uh, he uh, caught that. He was on the call, just the play-by-play -play guy. But... Uh, that was his tooth like has just landed in my lap <laughs> yeah he was like oh a tooth just landed here right next to us oh my god <laughs> and like the, the next like color, oh, sorry. uh go ahead that was like that color commentator what was it this weekend or last weekend in the majors the pop fly went straight up and he was like tracking it tracking it and you see him go like that and it fell and hit him right in the face oh damn <laughs> he's, he's actively commentating he goes Pop fly right behind home field. Oh, fuck, they hit me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching a lot of baseball. I'm surprised we didn't watch that this week. But uh, anyway, like uh, the next fight, Art Jimerson versus uh, what was uh, uh, Horion Gracie's nephew, Hoist Gracie. Hoist Gracie weighed about 160 pounds. He was 
pretty small guy. Uh, everybody asks Horion, why did you put your small nephew into this fight? Horion says, if I won the fight, then I don't need any other Gracies around. So I'm going to put in my nephew, who is my babysitter at this point. So Hoist Gracie goes up against Art Jemison, Art Jemison, who uh, has one boxing glove for I was going to say, yeah, reason. what is that? Yeah. <laughs> he gets him down to the ground, chokes him out. Art Jemison uh, taps. He goes up into the next round versus Ken Shamrock, who uh, outweighs him by about 55 pounds of pure muscle. <laughs> that is WWD welterweight guy. That's <laughs> yeah. Ken Shamrock says uh, in this fight he weighed in about two twenty five. Jeez. Uh, there were no weight classes. There were no time limits at this time. The fight ended in about uh, two and a half minutes. Hoist Gracie choked Ken Shamrock out. Oh, Ken Shamrock tapped out. No way. Yes. So uh, Hoist Gracie goes on against uh, Gerard Gordeau, chokes him out. Uh, Gerard Gordeau had bitten Hoist Gracie on his ear during the fight in a clinch. And uh, Hoist Gracie repaid him by uh, choking him out. And even though uh, Gerard Gordeau tapped 24 times, Hoist Gracie just held on to the choke. Oh. Back. So that was the tale of UFC one fifty thousand dollars to Hoist Gracie, UFC one champion, and that is this tale of how the UFC started. And as we uh, go along, there were some legal problems again. Yeah, UFC nine comes around. Uh, there was uh, in May nineteen ninety six, and uh, there was uh, some sort of stipulation that you could not. Uh, uh, strike with closed fist you had to have an open palm here is uh mark coleman versus uh dan severn basically going at it with open palms uh there they there apparently was some sort of uh, closed fist strike which got them in some legal trouble fast forward to ufc 12 at uh the buffalo civic center in buffalo new york and Basically, the night before the fight, the Buffalo uh, City Council, as well as the New York Athletic Commission, shut them down and say, we're not going to let you have this fight. And the UFC packs up all of their shit overnight, flies down to Dothan, Alabama, where they can get uh, a legal fight going. And the problem is they don't have somebody to do uh, fight interviews or fighter interviews. So they call up uh, their talent agent or whoever, and they're like, hey, we got this guy from California. His name's Joe Rogan. And uh, he, he says he's willing to do this, even though it doesn't pay a whole lot of money. Joe Rogan says, dude, this is the, this is the coolest shit ever. I want to do this. So he is the locker room interview guy. And oh, Joe Rogan with hair <laughs> gets to interview Mark Coleman at UFC 12 at Dothan, Alabama in 1997. There he is. Look at him, dude. He's so young. About the same. Okay, I refuse to accept that current Joe Rogan and Fear Factor Joe Rogan are the same person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Joe Rogan does all the interviews. He ends up getting uh, uh, the play-by-play -play slot, later color commentator slot. Um, 
as UFC uh, 20 comes around, the uh, uh, Semaphore Entertainment Group sells it to the Fortita brothers, who are descendants of a crime family from Galveston, Texas, who start up a bunch of casinos out in Las Vegas. The Fortita brothers end up getting uh, the UFC to host all these big events in Las Vegas. Then they get in with uh, and in with Donald Trump to host their events at uh, the Taj Mahal. They have uh, the Ultimate Fighter season one finale at Taj Mahal. Stefan Bonner versus Forrest Griffin in 2005 ends up being this like banger fight on cable TV. No pay-per-view necessary. These two dudes beating the absolute shit out of each other. They rocked it. <laughs> and Dana White, who was uh, the friend of the uh, childhood friend of the Fertitta brothers, uh, ended up giving, uh, apparently whoever won this was supposed to get a $100,000 fight deal with the uh, UFC. They ended up calling it for Forrest Griffin. Dana White was so impressed by both guys, he gave him both $100,000 for uh, the uh, <clears throat> fight contract. And then the UFC w- took off. The next pay-per-view uh, between Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell had almost uh, a half a million pay-per-view buys, buys and uh, that was it. The UFC, as we know it, was born off the blood spilled off of countless canvases stretching from Mississippi to Alabama. Most people saw those uh, fights decades after the fact. Guys were trading back and forth uh, brain damage for peanuts. But that that was what built the UFC. Mixed martial arts, as we know it, was built based off the blood spilled on canvases and like random podunk civic centers all over the United States. And it was all because of some Brazilian dude who really wanted to you know, get his uh, family's a form of mixed martial arts out there and a hungry guy and uh, the pay-per-view vis- business by the name of Art Davey all came together and uh, they basically wanted to make their own version of uh, Mortal Kombat. That was one of their, <laughs> that was one of their big influences. And they actually hired the art director from Conan, the barbarian to develop the octagon as we know it. <laughs> oh, shit. Because, because Conan the barbarian fought in a stone octagon. So they was like, Hey, we have to have an octagon for this. <laughs> And they made it out of chain link fence that went all the way around. And they're like, hey, should we have, um, you know, uh, a barbed wire at the top of this? Maybe a moat filled with crocodiles. So they can't leave. A moat. Yes, they can't leave. And eventually uh, they got talked out of that. But uh, in UFC 2, uh, a big John McCarthy was the referee. And he basically wrote the UFC rules that we know today. You know, you can't grab onto the fence. You can't throw somebody over the fence. Uh, you, you can't kick somebody when they're in the head when they're down. Uh, all of the rules that we take for granted now in mixed martial arts were built in UFC 2. That, that one ref hasn't gotten the memo. What's his name? The the dude that always lets the fucking fights go on way longer than they Herb should. Dean. Herb Dean. Yeah. That guy didn't get the memo about no hey, Herb, I, had Herb Herb I was gonna was ask. Fighter Herb Dean was a cage fighter. There he is back there. You yeah. see him? Oh, I recognize uh-huh. him. And of course, the dudes are bloody as shit. He's like, nah, keep it going. It's fine. <laughs> this fight was over thirty minutes ago. <laughs> no, he built the UFC as we know it. Herb Dean's incredibly I, based. Big John McCarthy, incredibly based. I know it's uh, I know it's still early, but can I toss my vote in for the title to be 
brain damage for peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. But that's it. That's how the UFC was born, based on, uh, you know, a couple of fucking weirdos who are willing to fight for $50,000 and uh, some weird pay-per-view guys who are willing to, you know, sacrifice some human blood for some quick cash. Mm. Aren't uh, we all? <laughs> uh, alternate alternate title for this amendment: No kicking in the balls. <laughs> we, we, we had to add this. <laughs> I like the note throwing cool. over the fence. Like to have that happen <laughs> in the first one, where there's like some like eight hundred pound sumo wrestler and some little dude just just fucking tossed him. <laughs> no, <laughs> dude, like, oh, we need to make a rule about that. In the UFC too, it was like uh, Keith Keith Herendon versus a. Uh, uh, Yarbrough was this big fucking uh, sumo guy. I, I forget what his first name was, but he like literally threw him out of the ring. Keith Herring like came back in <laughs> and uh, it had did a roundhouse. No, no. Oh, he's dead. I, I see it. I see it. <laughs> Technical issues. Please stand him Throwing him out and the guy's like, <laughs> I want it, right? I want it. And the guy's coming back in, in the like, ring. Yeah, he came like back in like Big John McCarthy's like sitting there. He's like having to make a rule on the spot. He's just like, "All right, no more throwing people outside the ring. That's illegal." <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. So the, the kid making up his own that. rules at like football, but he can make them because it's his football. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that was a uh, that was quite the moment in history. I didn't actually know that it, the UFC sort of originated from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's kind of cool. Uh, all right. With slaps crazy ass sport. Why do we do this? <laughs> uh, with that, it's time. What exactly is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? You kind of just explained it. <laughs> jiu Jitsu, but you just kill somebody. Uh, all right. It's time. It's time. We got to go to Animal Planet. Uh, Our favorite yeah. segment. Rusty's dead. <laughs> uh, Animal oh, Planet I, segment. I we talk about just in time. We talk about uh, people at racetracks behaving like animals. Uh, you know, we've got quite the compendium over the the past forty seven episodes. Uh, I want to start real quick with Cody because you've been uh, at random dirt tracks in Ohio. Do you have any Ohio animals to report from this week? For Ohio, uh, yeah, I've been doing a. Uh... Ohio Sprint Car Speed Week for the Circuit of Champions. Uh, started off doing a USAC race on last Thursday on my way down here. Uh, the first two nights were Attica and Fremont on Friday, Saturday. Both banger finishes uh, both mm. nights. Uh, Zeb Wise passed Tyler Courtney on the first night at Attica. Last corner slingshot around the outside for the win. And then uh, night two, Danny Dietrich, double D. Uh, past the guy who led every lap at the final corner. He crossed him over after getting pinched. Then was like, fuck it, I'll go to the inside. Did the crossover final corner. Uh, then Saturday got rained out. No, Sunday got rained out. That was supposed to be at Wayne County Speedway. That's the one over by Ben. And then Monday was also at Wayne County. 
but uh yeah this is where the animal shit starts because yeah that was it was one of those days where it could have gone either way they could have canceled it or it could have gone on the track was mushy as shit and they basically kept delaying and delaying and delaying what they were going to do hot laps and start to like nine or so oh. they're supposed to start at like uh six yeah you know you'll be there like all damn night if they keep going <laughs> like a quarter of the uh a quarter of the drivers backed out like by the time hot lap started there's a whole bunch of drama going on there's a bunch of like huge drivers meetings down in the pits like beforehand and uh yeah finally they did go on with the race there's no crazy incidents but uh incidents but the track was just rough as shit it was i it was one of the roughest uh track services i've seen yet just ruts potholes galore they were fucking bicycling, getting up on two wheels, almost flipping. Surprisingly, no one did. And uh yeah, that's it's been a fun stint in Ohio. Uh the human animals have uh, actually been limited, aside from the normal people that just don't wash their hands, but I'm just <laughs> the normal just, Ohioans. The normal slap shoes is Yeah, it's standard. Yeah, I'm kind of just immune to those stories at this point. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't I have anything crazy aside from the track conditions. <laughs> what was that slot? I've finally broken you. What, did you actually wash your hands? Yes, at Sycamore Speedway, I, I did wash my hands. How do, you, how do you like those bathrooms, by the way? Uh, Pretty fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, they're not great, are they? They're not the no, worst, they're but not. they're certainly not good. Dude, no, Cody, you've been, you've been gone. You missed all the talk about the Anderson Speedway bathrooms. We spent oh. like two different podcasts talking about those. Yeah, the, the Call of Duty Gulag fucking 1v50 pissing contest. Dude, you have no idea how long I was just biting my tongue, not wanting to spoil <laughs> the surprise of having you guys just walk in and just see a, a ceilingless three-sided trough and just nothing else. Well, I'm going to pull this up. Okay. walk up in there, I see no fucking ceiling, and I just immediately walk the fuck back out. I was just like, I gotta I'm pull done, this up I for can't Gabe. do this, no. So, this is this is the Anderson Speedway uh, men's bathroom. I, if you would have me back on this podcast, I'd have a recurring segment. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's Open just skyline. <laughs> it's just, it's just a three-sided Call of Duty, you know, uh, Warzone one v one gulag over here. Yeah, shout out to taking pictures of people peeing. Whoever snapped that photo, isn't that a crime? I, is that I think Caleb is that, took these? Is, is that circle in the middle where the wash station used to be? I think that's where you'd have a bonfire at night. No, you know, it's Titanic. No, before they built the stalls off to the right, that's where you just pop a squad and just. <laughs> that's where you go number two. That's where you poop. Yeah, I'd like to think that's where you put a tree, just give you some shade. <laughs> I, yeah, but if you would have me as a recurring segment on this podcast, it would be Gabe's bathroom report of the week because going to all these fucking NASCAR sanctioned racetracks. You get some good ones and you get some bad ones. Oh baby, send I us like, send us pictures. Like Dude. Nashville, Nashville's pretty good. Like come that'll be I think that's the next race we're going to. Nashville is actually yeah. pretty good because they redid the whole garage area. Charlotte's great until after the garage opens. <laughs> so like as a tire guy, I can go in 30 minutes early. It's clean, it's beautiful, and then as soon as someone takes one dump in there, 
the ventilation is awful and it just turns it into a hot mess. It's a gas chamber. <laughs> but the <laughs> the worst one, the worst one so far has got to be Indianapolis Raceway Park. If anybody's ever been to the infield, in, in the infield, the trailer, the tiny little trailer thing. <laughs> no, no, this is the perp, like purpose-built bathrooms at Indianapolis Raceway Park <laughs> in the infield. It is a single building that's like brick. It's just brick. I'm sure there's not even mortar. It's just if you they might have take, taken it down. I was literally just in there two weeks ago, and I don't remember seeing so, that building in there. I I hope so because it was dark, <laughs> no light, like no light. There was one urinal and one stall, and the stall was made out of a wood that if you got <laughs> close enough, you could see through it. And the door to the bathroom say like. What is if you were to stand at a at a bathroom stall door, the top of the door would come to like right here, right? Yeah, you're just standing. That w- it was here. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've got no tracks that have that. Yeah, it, just like, look right in the chest yes. level stall walls. <laughs> yes. So if you're pooping, you're just <laughs> yes. Someone's in here, <laughs> dude. I. I, I'm sure I've told this story before, but yeah, there. I went to one bathroom. I I, I don't even remember which track it was, and I'm, it's probably for the best, so I don't fucking out them. But yeah, they had three stalls when you walk in, and then the urinals. So you had to go past the stalls first, like when you first walk in. And yeah, there were the chest level ones where literally just any average size adult can just literally, hey, what's up, dude, taking a shit. <laughs> But they were like swiveling, like old Western style doors, <laughs> three stalls, but they only had two doors, no oh, latches. Yeah. So at any given time, if two of the doors were closed, there's always one open. So if someone came in a rush, like, oh, open stall, grabs the door like of the middle one and swings it closed. <laughs> that's swinging the middle stall door open. Like it was the jankiest fucking bathroom I've ever been to. And I think it beat out Boyd's and Anderson. Three stalls, two doors. It's pretty impressive. No latches. You basically just had to hold it like it's the Wild West. Ass. <laughs> wild West. Goddamn. Oh, chest no. level stall walls. That's should be illegal. Alright, bat bathrooms aside, Gabe, do you have any uh good old animal stories? So I, s- I sent you something on Twitter. Oh 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 okay. <laughs> And we watched this to preamble my animal story. So I still occasionally spot for some people. I spotted for Tim Richmond at the ARCA race in 2020, done some late model stuff, done like 10 or 15 ARCA races through doing starting parks or doing full races or whatever. Um, But this race was the 2019 late model nationals in uh, Jucasa, Canada. I was spotting for William Hale, and this is lap four of the heat race. Go ahead, Devin. Uh, do, we, do we need audio for this? No. Okay, cool. No audio then. Damn, four late models in the wall. One of them nosed in there pretty good. Oh. <laughs> What's he grabbing? Oh, I thought he was... Oh, we got oh, a fight. Lint. And there's a fight. Oh my oh. god, they're laying down. That's not very Canadian of them. So Sorry. sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. While Fighting that, on the banking. While oh, that is sorry. happening, the guy in the checkered flag suit 
his dad was spotting for him, and I was spotting for Will in a 62. His I feel like I've heard this story. Confronted me, confronted me and said, you stupid motherfucker, you fat, I can't say that word on television. Ooh. And I'm like, dude, I'm not driving the damn thing. Like, and either way, your fucking idiot came down. So I don't really hear it. And he You're picks me up. He, I am a big dude. If anybody's ever seen me in, in, uh, in real life, I am fat. I am 300. I am a big dude. He picks me up like a toddler and is holding me over the spotter stand at this short oh, track shit. and punching me in the face. And I'm fucking, stop, stop. He, he dangled me over the balcony yes. like Suge Knight did the fucking vanilla ice. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it was like that or like Michael Jackson dangling his kid over the balcony. Oh my God. So they separate us. I get like one or two punches on the guy, but like it's punching a mountain of a man. It's like like nothing. Like he he's unfazed by it. <laughs> so the whole racetrack is cheering both of us because they could see it and they're like, ah! <laughs> so we walk down. The security people separate us because to get to the other side of the racetrack to get into the garage area to pack up because we're done. We're going home. You have to wait for them to open the crossover gate. So we're sat there for the rest of the heat race at the bottom of the grandstands, just kind of staring at each other. And they tell us, like, you guys are kicked out. You initiated the fight. You're done. Get your shit out of here. And we're like, no shit. We're, we just destroyed the car. We clipped the car. No shit. So I get on a four-wheeler and I'm starting to run parts back and forth. And I see this guy's dad, and I drive up next to him and just go and drive off. Like, if I wasn't <laughs> on a drive by I flip got, off, I got my ass kicked again. But, <laughs> and it was, we loaded up everything. And it was at that moment, like an hour later, we're like, where the hell's Will? Like, nobody's seen him. Asked the medical staff. They're like, oh, yeah, we checked him. And then that, the track escorted him off the property. So we drive the hauler outside the racetrack, and sure enough, Will is sitting on a cooler outside the racetrack at the gate with two beers that people have driven by and handed him in his full fire suit. <laughs> Just waiting for y'all to come out. Yeah, because he is he he goes, Yeah, dude, a bunch of people drove by. They were like, Yeah, we fucking hate that guy. He's an asshole. We're glad you kicked his ass. Here's a beer. <laughs> That's like, great. But like Kids, I get fighting at a racetrack, but you got to remember, you're not the one driving. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, stop hitting the spotters because <laughs> Travis yeah, told yeah, us a similar story a few Crumb weeks ago. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that fucking yeah. animal. That's exactly what that reminded me of. Excuse me for just a second. I got to pick up my food. Oh, Ooh. hell yeah. Yeah. A little bit of pizza. Right. What wait, segment wait. are we on now? Wait, it was oh, still Animal, animal Planet. Planet. I got cat animal food or something else. <laughs> yeah, Slap has a uh, sycamore stories. Uh, DT, do you have that uh, soy jack that I sent you? <laughs> I do have the soy jack that you sent me. <laughs> so, there, there was a uh, midget that was uh, careening towards uh, the turn one bleachers at uh, Sycamore, so I had to take a picture. Was he driving a car? No, uh, Trace, uh, a friend of the shrimp, said, hey, if you catch the next uh, midget that careens in there, you get to keep it. And I was like, hey, here's POV when you're me getting my very first uh, free midget. I Circle City Raceway head. Yes. 
that I bought over there at uh, Circle City a couple of weeks ago. Ben's last I, dirt race. Yeah. I do appreciate that <laughs> yeah. we uh, we can see that they haven't extended this fence. No, they have not since <laughs> the incident. I thought they did though. Did they take it down? No, they closed down that tiny section of the bleachers where oh. it's like open to that gap during open wheel races. Oh. It's not a very big section, and that's the only section like that was prone to happening to. Oh, but um, I, th I think I sent you uh, some stuff in uh, general about uh, Rockford Speedway. Uh, what did you say? Oh, me? by the way, Slab, before we get off track, did you know a, a good segue oh. into your segment, too? Apparently, the World of Outlaws back in 2016 pulled a Bristol dirt and covered uh, Rockford Speedway in dirt, but they did it like two days before uh, before they uh, actually raced, and I only found out about it uh, after uh, this past race at Wayne County that was like super rough, and I was reading <laughs> comments on social media, and yeah, I got directed to that race at Rockford. It was basically like the roughest racing service on a dirt track like basically ever. Yeah, 2016 at Rockford Speedway. <laughs> it was just a shit show. <laughs> Slab posted this video. Yeah, so I went to the uh, trailer race of destruction at Rockford Speedway, which is the most base shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god. So there's 31 truck and trailer combinations that start their race. It's not even a race, like technically speaking. Like... Oh. Uh-oh. God damn it. What in the... We're experiencing some technical difficulties, folks. The old, uh... The old internet's been fucking acting up. And I was hoping it wouldn't mess up the podcast, but, you know, here we are. Um... Yeah, I guess I can check in with you. See how you doing, viewers? You enjoying the show? Yeah? Alright, good. Me too. Uh, this is weird, because my internet is still working. It's just Discord breaking? Yeah. The hell? Yeah, that was just Discord. My internet's fine, actually. Hold on. Alright, well, you can't even see me now. That's crazy. Um... That, they don't do that anymore on purpose. They have the little flip-up lid where you drink it like a coffee thing. They're trying to help the environment by not giving out straws anymore. Yeah, I just don't have that. DT, is it dead? It wasn't even my internet. It was just Discord. Discord just 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 died. I didn't even like issue. click anything. Still issue. And then I put I wanted three sweet and sour sauces, and they gave me three barbecue. Because oh. <laughs> that's that's the same thing. <laughs> oh, you Tough. might as well just go back there and it's over. drive your car it's right through so the over. <laughs> I should show you this like five pound bag of Arby sauce I actually picked up today. You ask for a bunch of Arby sauces and they give you one. Dude. Let's see it. Come on. Wait, are, are we, uh, you got the stream up? Dude, Taco oh. Bell yeah, always I does do. the opposite to me. I'm like, hey, can I just get one or two fire sauces? And they throw like fucking 
40 in there. Dude, this mm. is all Arby sauce in here. It's like, like, <laughs> it's a big handful of them. It's at least five pounds of Arby sauce. Whoops, hold on. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need. Just that's tons of sauce. Okay, it's this... all. That's all Arby sauce. If you can see that, that's all Arby sauce. Is this still on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, we're still. <laughs> so, so anybody that knows that goes to Arby's and, and they're like, you order anything and you're like, yeah, can I get some Arby sauce? They give you like one packet, maybe two. And sometimes you're like, hey, can I get a bunch of Arby sauce? They give you like three. So today I'm like, can I get a bunch of Arby sauce? And he, and he did the thing where he's like, oh, geez, like three, three packets. I'm like, just grab me a handful if possible. And for the first time ever, like Taco Bell's been doing this recently too, but I'm telling you, it's five pounds of Arby sauce. Give me all the Arby sauce that you have. And yeah, just slip them a 20 first. And all I got was a curly fry. And like, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> Like, so, okay, look at, okay, just for perspective, one handful, <laughs> two, <laughs> three, <laughs> four handfuls. Oh, all right, well, we'll just round it off at five. We got at least five handfuls of Arby sauce for a, for a curly fry. So shout out to Arby's. That's another for, title contender right there. Hey, that's like when I went to uh, five handfuls Sky, of Skyline Chili in Indiana on my way out. And uh, they're like, hey, do you, oh, what kind of like, you know, chili do you want or whatever? Like, hey, I want it five way. Give me like two of them. And they're like, hey, do you want hot sauce with that? I was like, yeah, give me as many as you're allowed to give me. And it was like, <laughs> it was like literally it's like two heaping fucking handfuls of like hot sauce just like thrown in there. I was what like, the this is incredibly based. What is Skyline Chili? Because you keep talking about Skyline Chili like the past it, two it, weeks. It, it's, it's so fucking good. It's like if, it's like if a uh, well, it's like if Sonic sold good chili, like the burgers. I feel like taste like Sonic. It's yeah, it's it, it's like a chili meat here. sauce that they use as a uh, condiment on uh, hot dog buns, or like you can get like just an individual cup of it, or uh, their five Got way, ones. which they their five way they call it is like the best. That's just spaghetti noodles with like their chili on top of it with diced and cheese, diced uh, onions. Uh, red beans and like a shit ton of like curly fucking uh, shredded cheese. It just piled up on top of it. It's so fucking good. All right, I'll take your word for it. It will stop you up. You will not shit for a week though. DTV saw a photo of it. You'd probably kill yourself. <laughs> it doesn't. The description wasn't amazing. I'll be the, honest. It's the spaghetti noodles with the sauce and the onions, dude. You're gonna be. Oh my what did God. you say? Skyline chili, like all the way. Spaghetti, yeah. Hi, boy. Five way. Open this up on Google Images here. Five Five guys. Oh my that. god. Is that all cheese? Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm be real, this looks like something this looks like a like high guy four AM like pick whatever you have in the fridge and yeah, throw it so together. Golden Kumar go to White Castle at yes, 3 a.m. Welcome to Skyline Chili. That's questionable. The ultimate stoner meal. All right, sure. Those pictures actually look pretty good because of the cheese. Like, without the cheese, it's like... <laughs> well, it's just like anywhere else. It does not look like that in real life. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's the yeah. saddest. It's the it looks saddest exactly thing. like that. It looks exactly <laughs> like that. Just slopped with cheese on top of it. Dude, I... 
I can't remember if we uh, discussed it or not on my <laughs> episode where my look at that picture right there. Yeah, out. that one. That's exactly what it looks like. Just fucking slop with cheese on top of it. <laughs> that yeah, kind of reminds me of the crackers, the oyster crackers over on the side. Yeah, that's what they give you. Just the complete obnoxiousness of that reminds me of the uh, the baked potato with mac and cheese. And fucking <laughs> I saw that in Kirby's vlog. Dude, I got that same thing. And yeah, that's one dollar potato. I didn't finish. I got Uh oh. Uh, Cody's dead. I think he said he got a third of the way through it. IRP definitely upgraded since last year with the truck race. They had the the twenty dollar baked potato, but also like the fresh uh, potato chips, like fully like loaded. That was pretty cool. Nice. I think Slap got those. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other uh, Animal Planet action? I think that covers our Animal Planet for local short tracks. All right, that's cool. Uh, uh, podcast damn long anyway. Uh, I do want to get into the fan media mail. check-in real quick before we get to fan mail. Just check in with God what kind of games it. we're playing and what kind of movies or television programs Yoshi's we're watching. Yoshi's Island. <laughs> no, for real though, I just watched uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was incredibly That's based. Such a good movie. I forget. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, I do want to mention on the video game side of things, someone finally made a BeamNG draft mod. You can actually have drafting in BeamNG, hmm. and it works in multiplayer. Really? And we've had Holy three shit. cars going. We need more dudes, but it's based. It's actually, like, really good. Yeah. Starting uh, next you... Tuesday, I'll be home for, like, three days. Mm, so if you want right. to sell this a bit more, you've always said if they get drafted. Dude, I, I mean, I, was, I, was, I posted a bunch of BeamNG stuff, like, or BeamNG stuff the past few weeks on Twitter just randomly because I've been playing it so much. And the way that it drives is so good. It's still like, it's not a great like oval racing game. It's okay on the oval side of things. There's actually, people have ported over the cars from NASCAR 15, which is sick. Uh, and there's... It's just like a great they're driving pretty damn good. simulator, not necessarily like a racing simulator. Yeah. And, and multiplayer is really cool. It's fun to race your friends and it's fun to crash into them. But I, I've always been saying, and I've been saying the same thing about Wreckfest. If it had draft, it would be the greatest of all time. Uh, like Wreckfest literally could be the best oval racing game uh, in the year 2023 if it had draft. And I've been saying BMNG would be damn good too if it had draft and someone finally did it. And it's like an insanely lightweight mod. Like it's just like a few lines of code some guy whipped together. And it is so good. And it works on the server. So we have it on the server and we're going to mess with it and maybe we'll make videos. I don't know. We'll see. It should be a good time. On the video game front, F1 2023 manages to be the same game yet again, but still yep. broken. <laughs> yep. They, I, broke, uh, they broke career mode. You the, must be uh, new to the EA sports. Yeah. yeah. Dude, and it, it's the same thing every year. I remember when the creators got their like two week in advance uh, gameplay, they're all saying, well, it's, the physics are so much better, guys. Like, this is actually good this year. And I'm just sitting there like, I'm going to wait till Cozy plays it. I'm going to see what Cozy thinks. <laughs> yeah, give, give him one lap. Because yeah. if he gets on there and it's the same shit as usual, we're getting a, a legendary rant. And uh, he always tells it like it is. So I, I I hold no opinion higher than 
cozies on F1 video games. Yeah, I never trust anybody who gets the creator copy. Like three yeah. weeks early. Yeah. Um, They're all which... paid tools. Cozy should get that anyway. Because if, yeah. if they say something bad about it, they don't get it next year. Well, that's not true because I talked a bunch of shit about the NASCAR game every year and they still give me codes. <laughs> well, that's because uh. they need somebody to talk about it. Uh, that's fair. Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> My 21 Ignition stream wasn't the greatest thing for their... Uh... Remember, well, remember, we're not going to get into that. I remember that. when uh, NASCAR Heat used to give us free game codes for working in NASCAR. That was fun. Oh, if they made a game, they probably still would. Yeah. Um, I did see that the... Uh... <laughs> I did see that some kids made a, like, next-gen mod for NASCAR Heat 5. <laughs> but... Xfinity cars on the next-gen wheels. <laughs> yeah, put next-gen wheels on the Xfinity cars. And Listen, I like David Schildhaus, but he put a tweet out, like, showing off, like, hey, they've got the new paint schemes on the Xfinity card, but it just has next-gen wheels, and it just looks so goofy. Did, did he drive it by any chance? I haven't seen any uh, content on that. It, I did, it I did every see... Every other NASCAR title, probably. I did see Michael Mrutz made a video titled, like... Yeah crashing backwards at every single track in nascar heat 5 with the 2023 mod and it's just like okay so these are the kind of people that care about nascar heat 5 still we have not we have not upgraded from nascar 09 doing crash comps yeah. and having three doors down play over it <laughs> yeah i mean some things are eternal <laughs> the end is never the end is never the end is never <laughs> uh that's all i've got for the media check-in i think uh i've i've been uh actually real quick randomly yeah. just got back into red Dead redemption again <laughs> uh one oh, yeah. or two one or two two oh hell yeah hell yeah i just I randomly picked it up yesterday i was homesick today from work and i just played the shit out of it hell yeah oh i do have actually another point that reminded me of gta dropped their uh their next uh like main online update uh, this week, and they okay. removed 188 cars. Just to put what? it back on the. Why? Um, they they said they want to make. <laughs> I think they said they wanted to streamline the experience of buying a car because the the like the way you buy cars is just you have to dig through a whole bunch of them. Um, so instead of just making filters or like manufacturer selections, they just removed. 188 cars none of and them if, you, if you bought them in the past you can still have them Dude, but none, they none even removed the, none of them are licensed oh so and you they still even have removed, the cars uh, like if you bought them yeah but okay, but so other like people just can't buy them and they're like okay they're gonna start like drip feeding it to try and get people to play the game more um and they've even gone on the ps5 and the the Damn xbox it. series versions not on pc and not on the ps4 uh or whatever xbox one stuff but on the new stuff you can get a subscription for six dollars a month which among other things gives you access to a few of the cars that normal human beings can't buy anymore even though they've been able to buy them for the past 10 years and, and everyone's and pissed on the, and it's stupid on the next gen consoles and not pc you can yeah. have that membership and have the main characters clothes from the from the campaign yeah like okay yeah, great. 
Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, not like it's the most profitable fucking IP in human history yeah. or anything. We don't want and to monetize just, it they, any further. The cow is dead, but they've got they're constantly clearer and getting more milk out of it. I don't know why they're like hiding cars from us. I wouldn't be surprised if they go back uh, yeah, off, off that. about beating a dead horse or milking a dead cow. It's like a dead cow they're just beating with a baseball bat until it squirts out like a little bit more milk. So they can make a GTA 6 just fucking laying into it. Like, come on, you whore. A little bit more. Come on. That's the greatest analogy I've ever fucking heard. I wouldn't be surprised if they go back. We broke the baseball bat and the cow's like, thank God I can die in peace. And then you can hear a steamroller coming. (laughs) I know the mental image of a farmer just just an upside down laying on its back cow just wailing on its fucking udders with a Fucking baseball bat. And a, and a drive. <laughs> just another fucking squirt. Just a little bit more. Come on. A dry bowl of Cocoa Puffs and an angry farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. That was the media check in. Let's read some. Let's read some mail. Animal abuse. Your fucking mail. Watch your fucking hand slap. Send in your fucking. Mail. Send them in, sure, guys. I'm probably gonna get a noise complaint in my slap? hotel. Okay, the fuck, <laughs> it's 11:30 local time, and I'm yelling, talking like beating a cow's udder. All right. Uh, if you want to send us emails, stuff, uh, questions, comments, concerns, things you want us to read, uh, send it to shrimphoursprezents at gmail.com, uh, and we'll read it, even if it's dumb. Uh, we'll just make fun of you if it is. Uh, the f- we got uh, I think five emails this week. The first one came in. From Caleb. The first one came in four days ago, so it's before uh, other stuff happened. Uh, but Mister Ass, our our friend down in North Carolina, who frequents no, no, no. Bowman Gray Stadium, uh, sends us updates every once in a while on how Travis's old car is doing. Uh, yeah. since someone bought his old late model and is racing it at uh at Bowman Gray, and it's not looking oh, too great. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, so front clip's gone. It's yeah. gone. Damn it. The the bumper bar's all over the place, and it just has a number kind of pasted on the side. Uh, seen better days. Yeah. Unfortunately. Damn. I can't tell which Travis Brown car is in better shape at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, Mr. S, thanks for the updates. Keep us updated whenever you see the Travis yeah, car. Yeah, keep, keep us posted. Uh, the next one comes in from our good friend down under, Andrew yeah. R. from Australia. Um, and he wants to ask real quick about Kyle Busch. Do you think, do you think he's different in the 8 car? Because uh, he said he went to to Victory Lane and, you know, he's with his family and it's, it's kind of all smiles. Like, he's being less of a bastard now. Oh, yeah, he's uh, certainly a different car. rowdy than he was, like, five years ago. Yeah. Absolutely. Um and uh and he says also how do we get the Ryan Blaney timeline? Are the script writers just spending too long at the boozer? No, it's based. It's Blaney's year. Um also he sent us a picture uh because this is what it looks like in Australia right now. Uh it's winter. What? <laughs> what? They got snow in Australia. They got Let's snow go. in, in Canberra. Because it's the southern hemisphere. I remember that from high school. I still feel like there's not yeah, a lot of snow too, in Australia. But Australia, like they get they that's like the most snow they get in an entire year. 
what the fuck is a kilometer? <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty cool. They should uh, raise right. Bathurst in the snow. That'd be based. I don't just going think... down the downhill asses, just drifting. Yeah, people are gonna break more legs than they already do. Speaking of, nah, so of Bathurst, this is how I should have said this for the Animal Planet. This is how unhinged Australian motorsports fans are, and I love them for it. So they limited, I think this was a couple years ago, they limited the amount of beer in liters that you could bring to the bathroom. So what fans were doing were breaking in two weeks before and digging. Yeah, they're burying their their beer. And burying (laughs) tons of beer and then digging it back up during the race. So great. I can't believe that that is the most Australian thing I've ever heard, and I could not be prouder. Hats off, gentlemen. (laughs) Dude, that reminds me when I snuck in that uh, box of uh, box wine at Richmond in 2017. Hmm. We just had like a box of like 12% wine, and we had uh, uh, my other buddy had like a case of like solo cups. We were the most popular dudes in the fucking grandstands. We were just like filling up cups, handing them out. Anybody who wanted some box wine, here you go. Hell yeah. Uh, Uh, The only thing I remember was there was a late caution. Martin (laughs) Truex Jr. got spun out. Kyle Larson won. That's the only time I ever got to watch Kyle Larson win in person. Didn't he win the 600 we were at? Oh yeah, he did. He did. I, I I was drunk for that too. I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember you had to carry my ass out to the fucking SUV. You had yeah, right. <laughs> These things happen. Uh, Rusty Brassard sent us an email, uh, and he says, uh, "Hey shrimps, it's Rusty again. Uh, on Memorial Day, my dad and I went to a big dirt race at Lebanon Valley Speedway, uh, and it was pretty good, other than the fact that uh, Tyler Dipple." Uh, or as he's affectionately called by other few racers, Tyler Dipshit. Uh, he says, also, I got some good pictures and a video of the four-wide salute uh, and has not attached any of them, so just imagine uh. it, I guess. <laughs> okay. It's uh, <that's> unfortunate. <laughs> you will just have to imagine the fire. Uh, Alright. Um, Matt Hall writes in. Uh, he says, hey, shrimps, congrats, DT, on the charity bike ride last week. Thank you. I uh, hope your dad's feeling better. He's getting there. I still have to help him lift stuff, but he's doing all right. Um, and he says, what track do y'all think would be better for a cup race in Canada? Montreal or CTMP? I vote CTMP. Oh, Montreal. Personally, Montreal. I honestly think Montreal would Montreal. put on a better cup race. As biased as I am, CTMP is a great Montreal track. you're talking about Montreal for 2024. It's going to be fucking based. Woo! Pretty sick. Who's gone? I feel like the next gens will just Montreal, be better there. I'm there. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's easy Let's for that and NBC next year. Those will be the two shrimp meetups. Mm. Watch them be like back to back. You know it. that's what they're the going to do, right? The shrimp double. When I'm I first there. got into the sport, there were three road courses. <laughs> it was like when I first got into the sport, there were two. It was Watkins Glen, and that was Noma, yeah. and that was yeah. it. And well, it was Sears Point. I got in. I got no, it was Infineon. Infineon. It was Sears Point before it was Infineon. I got in right uh-huh. when they right when they added Road America. Hmm. That was when I started working in the sport. Now we're at was it eight for Xfinity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nah, they're better. Love me some road courses. 
classic NASCAR. People wanted more road courses, so they just do the complete overcorrection. They had like fucking twenty of them. Yeah, I mean, to, like, I mean, to be fair, I mean, like those road courses have a a hugely loyal fan base. Like Road America has like a hundred thousand people show Dude, up. Dude, if they if they yeah, go I mean, to Montreal, from the schedule. They Montreal will get a ton of fucking yeah. dudes in Montreal. Quebecers love racing. Like that that'll be a big deal. I'm excited just to see the uh uh how how the F one race goes next week. So I think it'll probably be like a record crowd there. Um all right, we got one more email to read. Uh it comes in from Harley Payne. Uh uh and he says, just saw the new Transformers movie on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and without spoiling it for our noted diehard Transformers fan like like Caleb, uh, <laughs> I feel that while it may not be the best movie ever, it was a significant step in the right direction for the franchise. I'm not reading the rest of that sentence. Uh, what media franchise do you feel needs a breath of uh, fresh of breath air? Uh, the most in the coming years. Fresh of how do you think they should go about breath it? Air? Are we gonna yeah. gloss over that? I read. I read what he wrote. Oh, is that what he actually said? Fucking Star Wars! Yeah. Fucking Star Wars! What the fuck are they doing with Star Wars right now? Nah, that franchise needs to die. Put it out of its mind. No! No! The fucking novels were so fucking good and they fucked it! They fucked it! They made like 40 <laughs> movies. It's dead. It's over. Put a fork Ooh. in it. It's done. Whoever fucking fucked Star Wars? Ryan Johnson, JJ I have seven tons of fertilizer with your fucking name on it, you fucking assholes. You fucking Neanderthals. You deserve whatever you get. I will find you. I'll find your home address. And I will fucking end you. You fucked it. You fucked it. Jesus Christ. You took... Two of the most valuable intellectual properties Star Trek and Star Wars, and you managed to fuck both of them. Both of them. In honor of Ted Kaczynski dying this week, Slap doing his best Unabomber impression. You managed to fuck both of them. Both of you deserve the wall. I don't, I'm not going to ask. Jesus Christ. I was midway through asking. I just said, you know what? Nope. I'm not even going to bother. That actually reminded me. I forgot to mention in the media check-in to switch to a more positive note. Uh, <laughs> I went to a theater and I watched the new uh, Spider-Verse movie. Fucking good, dude. Really I good movie. I watched a single, single Spider-Man movie ever. Well, see, this is why you're upset. I watched No Way Home in Vegas. It was fun. I liked it. I, I only ever saw the three Tobey Maguire ones. I never saw anything after that. The, uh... <laughs> the third one I wanted to kill. Oh yeah, yeah, that's why I stopped watching. <laughs> the Spider Verse ones are sick. They like there's clearly like an insane number of man hours of work gone into animating. Like every frame is a work of art. And that the the way they've set up that movie and the like trilogy is so brilliant because there's so many things that happen in the second movie that like now I can rewatch the first movie and it'll be a completely different experience. And they like totally set up the third movie that comes out in like two years or whatever. But anyway, banger! I'm excited. Imagine for it. having directors that care. 
hey Russ, do you remember that awesome scene from the third one where emo Toby Maguire's dancing on the fucking <laughs> yeah, that's sick. <laughs> so, uh, media like franchises that need a breath of fresh air. What I don't sure. think Star Wars. I think it's it's actually pretty good where it's at. It's a nice reboot for the franchise. I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> we have to ban this man we have to ban him take him out back take him out back uh i want to see i know it's probably going to be underwhelming but i just want to see a new fallout game that isn't online based yeah yes heard, yes I've yes heard yes rumors that i guess fallout new vegas too but i've heard that for six years so they're not doing fallout yeah. new vegas once but no matter how like unstable Fallout New Vegas was, I I, I want the old Oblivion team back. <laughs> oh, I mean they've done Elder Scrolls. So like, what have they done with Elder Scrolls for the past ten years? Just Skyrim, 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 Skyrim. Elder Scrolls Online. Not Oblivion, Obsidian, Obsidian Entertainment, because those are the guys that oh. actually did New Vegas. Yeah, and then kicked them to the curb after that. Dude, fucking New Vegas was like so next level that when you first encounter Caesar's Legion, I thought that was just like the fixed path you had to follow. I didn't realize there were four other, other different paths you could go on from that. He saw, he saw the Roman legionaries and said, those are my guys. <laughs> no, I just thought that's what I had to do to survive. I was just like, oh, Caesar's Legion, I guess is where the game is going. And then like later on, I was like, oh, I could be like not a fucking filthy like heathen and then like, <laughs> you know, join uh, Mr. House or join the a, a New California Republic or whatever. Oh. I love New Vegas for like the branching pathways, like just the different ways you can play the game. Like there's so many people, I forget what's what's his name, but on uh, YouTube, but he does, can I beat New Vegas with only a golf club? Or can I beat New Vegas without actually killing anybody? Or there's the opposite of kill everyone. Everyone you meet, yeah. kill them. And I love... Can you beat New Vegas with only a big iron on your hip? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like uh, Slap's talking about when you meet the Caesar's Legion... Uh, they have an emissary that meets you. If you kill that guy, they will have a replacement hired by the time that he is to confront you again. Mm. And it was like, hey, because you killed this guy, now I'm here. But we're gonna forgive you for that. But it's just it's it's funny because you could just everybody's up for grabs, everybody you can kill. But like the lore was just great. That's cool. Everything has yeah. consequences. Devin's just like that. It's what are you guys? What are you nervous? I haven't played it, but that sounds cool. I saw I like games where your choices matter. Yeah. Oh, dude, if you go with like Mr. House or if you go like no gods, no masters route, like it's like incredibly based. So the the whole thing about it is all of Vegas is fighting over the Hoover Dam because it's still providing power. So there's elite. There's a Caesar's Legion that is a guy who is basically LARPing as the Roman Empire because he read a history book and was like, those guys are cool. That's literally how it is. Yeah, he, uh, he just like ropes in like 88 different tribes of the post-apocalyptic wasteland to like follow him and they create Caesar's Legion. And then you have like the New California Republic who like embrace the old way of things, you know, 
democracy and all that. And then you have New Vegas, which is run by the mysterious Mr. House, who is like this uh, uh, a libertarian, like man of the mind who is, he is just. He's Howard Hughes. He is supposed yeah. to be Howard Hughes. He's like Anne Rind, like come to life as as a one single singular person, or you can go no gods, no masters, and just say fuck all those people. I'm gonna hire up all the uh, independent tribes around New Vegas, and they're gonna follow me, and I'm gonna tell all these people to go fuck themselves. I'm gonna kill them all, and then fucking New Vegas is gonna be its own independent city state. Sorry, I didn't realize Slap was going to get this unhinged when I bring up Fallout and Vegas. <laughs> I always go no gods, I, no masters I, I love, because it's based as hell. I love the, the Fallout you. community because like they have a lot. They have a really big uh, speed running community, and it's awesome because the the kill everyone playthrough is called the Lord Death of Murder Mountain playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't realize we'd get that off track by bringing up New Vegas. All right. So no, I, that was great. I have a new, new, I have a new love of base. You should play it. It's great. This is a hefty podcast. This is nearing the record. It's like over two hours. It might be the record, dude. We're at 148. We're two minutes short of the record. But the music's playing, so we got to come up with a title. <laughs> and, uh, we can hear what the, the title we came up with earlier. Five Brain damage for peanuts. Sauce. Or brain damage for peanuts. Five, yeah. five handfuls of RB sauce is also solid. What's the, but uh, I, we can hear the broomstick hitting the floor beneath us. That means the party's over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, shrimp hours. Forty-eight brain damage for peanuts. Uh, Gabe there Wood, thanks is. for coming on. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Uh, follow him Thank on you, uh, on Twitter at woodpecker underscore zero zero. Uh, and watch the core league Monday nights. <laughs> it's Joe that's all I've got. Yeah, this is the last ever episode yeah, of this show. It's dead. It's Joe Rogan. Everyone say bye. No. Bye. Hello. It's Jover. It's over. <laughs> we'll be seeing you. But where does Ro Jogan come into the equation? In Dothan, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>